This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Today, we had confirmation of the first COVID-19 case in someone who had not traveled to an affected area. Now, that person is the husband of a previously diagnosed woman who had recently traveled to Iran. And while our officials are still emphasizing that the risk here in Canada is still very low, there have been ominous warnings from around the globe, notably from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, that an epidemic is coming and that the question is not when, it's not if, but when, sorry. To complicate things, we're heading into a very heavy travel season. March break, will that make things worse? Foreign Minister François Champagne has advised Canadians to keep tabs on the latest from the places they're traveling to and to register before they travel with the government. And uh, many people are just cancelling trips. Israel is the first country to advise against all overseas travel. So what should we expect? And what are your options if you had plans to go away? The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now I'm joined by Dr. Alon Vaisman, epidemiologist and infectious disease specialist at the University Health Network, and Dr. Marion Joppe, professor at the School of Hospitality, Food and Tourism at Management at the University of Guelph. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Vaisman, let's start with you. So we keep hearing the risk is very low, the numbers here are very low, and the cases mostly don't seem to be that serious. But we keep hearing these ominous warnings. It's coming. It's coming for sure. How do you put that together? Um, right now, we haven't seen many cases in Canada, but we are preparing for what seems to be an inevitable uh, pandemic that will come and hit Canada. So these ominous cases that you're referring to are situations where transmission has occurred without a connection to the original site of the, uh, pandem- of the epidemic in China. This includes places in Iran and Italy, and then as recently as yesterday, the United States. So although things are right now uh, okay in Canada, in other words, there's no transmission occurring in the community, we are preparing for that uh, situation where there, where there will be cases of transmission within the community, so hospitals and public health agencies as well. Okay. Uh, And Dr. Raisman, how much uh, is a heavy travel season going to complicate all of this? Uh, Certainly, it'll probably add to the likelihood of transmission occurring between people going to all sorts of places in the world. Um, We know already, even before travel season, that the world is so heavily connected with flights between every nation in the world. There's nowhere you can't go now. So it it may just simply speed up the process that was already likely to happen, given how much tourism and business occurs from various parts of the world. And, and all in all continents. Dr. Joppe, uh, a lot of people are canceling trips. So what are people's options if, if they want to cancel a trip they've already booked? It depends entirely on what they bought at the time they booked. Um, a lot of people will book, uh, you know, the cheapest price 
um, airlines offer you uh, a range of, of uh, prices very uh, often. And if you book the cheapest, in all likelihood, it has a clause that says uh, no cancellation, no uh, rescheduling, which basically means you're out of the money. Um, travel insurance, most of them do not cover something uh, like um, an epidemic. And so you cannot get your money back either. Uh, so it really depends upon what you booked and how you covered yourself at the time. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I already have some friends who have canceled their plans, but they're obviously people who, who gave themselves the, the option of doing that with what they purchased. I would imagine, Dr. Joppe, that people who book those cheapest fares, once they've paid, they're going to say, heck, I'm going to take that trip. Yes, and then they need to think very carefully about where that trip is going. Uh, there are still uh, parts of the world that have not seen any cases. Uh, whether that remains to be um, like that, is, we don't know. But right now, for instance, the popular destinations in the South, uh, you know, Caribbean, Mexico, Central America, even South America, with the exception of Brazil, which has one case that came from Italy, uh, they don't have cases. So if that's where you're flying for the March break, you're probably okay. If you're going to Italy, northern Italy, or one of the other um, sort of hotbeds of, of the infection, yeah, you might want to think twice. Dr. Vaisman, uh, I just learned this morning, I just read that Israel is the first country that is advising against all overseas travel. Is, uh, is, is that a smart thing? Uh, does that make sense to you? Uh, it's a tricky thing to manage. Um, making a restriction on people's travels in the short term may be beneficial in that you might reduce um, the transmission of viruses to your country. However, you may just simply be putting your finger in a dam where it's going to explode any, at any time. So you may just be delaying the inevitable. And the reason I say that is that you can't uh, restrict travel indefinitely. There's going to be people entering your borders, maybe through the air, through the sea, through land. And so if every other nation in your neighborhood is also affected, then it's only a matter of time before you do as well. The other thing to consider, of course, is that your economy is going to be significantly affected if you're advising your citizens not to go. So it's not just for tourism, but if you're conducting business in other nations and your your country relies significantly on exports and imports, as, as almost every other nation does, then you have to carefully consider the, the, uh, the impact it's going to have on your economy as well. Uh, yeah, and it already seems to be having a big impact on the economy. Dr. Joppe, the travel industry, I'm sure, is being hit. Oh, very hard, particularly the airlines. Uh, about a week ago, IATA, which is the International um, Air Transportation Association, came out with an estimate um, that suggested that the airlines were going to be hit with at least a $30 billion loss. And that was on the assumption that uh, the, the outbreak was sort of, you know, limited to China in the restrictions to China, which is no longer the case. Um, there are many, many places now where airlines have canceled flights and are not going or are not allowed to land if they come from, from certain countries. Um, so it's, they, they will be revising that. To put that in perspective, because that is one industry, uh, but to put that in perspective for SARS, the estimated loss for global tourism was between 30 and 50 billion. So this is just the airlines alone that are in that range. 
Okay. Uh, let's take a quick call from Walter in Hamilton. Hi, Walter. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, one thing I'd like to know, uh, does the uh, liquid or the sterilizer in those hand dispensers that they have in hospital and some washrooms and things like that, does that would help to combat the virus of the uh, coronavirus? Uh, yes, so using uh, hand sanitizer, the 70% isopropyl alcohol that we have available in hospital settings is certainly effective at reducing the burden of the infection on your hand. So that is Okay, my next question here, well, it's not really a question, it's a remark. I have the experience myself when I go to a hospital and other places where they have similar sanitizing dispensers, including washrooms and places like that in public areas, that more often than not, they're empty. So what I'd like to suggest to people who has some of those to please fill them up, top them up, and at the same time, when on that subject, I would like to suggest airport to install these at the gates where people board the planes, and to board the plane, they first going to have to sanitize their hands, you know, to help fight in that direction. And, and when people come back from abroad, uh, uh, then it uh, goes the other way. When they enter back into the airport, they have to sanitize in order to uh, their hands going back home so that somehow it could probably put a little bit of a barrier towards that virus. And, you know, and uh, that's what I, bring, I want to bring to focus right now. Walter, thanks for your call. That uh, this sounds like a very sensible idea. And Dr. Vaseman, I think they're right now at airports, they have special screening for people coming from certain places? Yes, since the beginning of the outbreak back in January, there have been uh, screening conducted at airports for symptoms uh, from certain countries. But at this point, and even at the beginning, it it wasn't entirely effective. And at this point, it's going to be even less effective, given that we know people are asymptomatic, you could be incubating, and also the number of countries that are affected. Just speaking to that caller's point that certainly we should have uh, alcohol dispenser rubs available as often as possible in public areas, including the airport but particularly in areas where uh, people are using, people are going to be eating, that that would be another important area to have alcohol rubs. And and as he mentioned, it's important to replace them when they've emptied. Well, you know, uh, I gather that there are actually some shortages of that. There are some people that are price gouging on that. Uh, It it seems uh, that's too bad. Yes, that's certainly too bad uh, that that's happening for the general public to help protect them. Another, of course, reasonable and appropriate alternative is to use soap and water just as we normally do. The reason alcohol rubs are so widely available is because it's a, it's a nice alternative to have when you don't have a sink and water to be able to wash your hands. But anytime you have an opportunity to wash your hands with soap and water, that, that's also as good in order to clean your hands of the virus. And, and one more question before we get back to Dr. Joppa, um, and that is, she was mentioning large areas like the Caribbean that don't have cases. And if, if, if we have large areas of the world like that, why is it inevitable that we will get a, an epidemic, a pandemic here? Well, um, the thing is, is that there's all these countries in the world that may not have the right infrastructure to appropriately screen, isolate, and test people from other areas of the world who do have the virus. So there could be a large reservoir of people in areas of the world. And a good example of this was Iran, when all of a sudden we saw cases popping up out of nowhere. And once these individuals in these countries travel, they're going to start spreading the virus to other parts of the world. And we, we wouldn't have any idea that that was the case until we knew that there was cases there. So... Another example is Indonesia that hasn't had any cases or 
so if these patients, if these uh, individuals in these countries are traveling, then that that is precisely the reason why it's it's a very hard to control the virus at this point. Is that it could very well exist there, and we, we wouldn't have any I know any knowledge about it. Have there been cases in Vietnam and Laos and Malaysia? Uh, yes, there have been cases in those countries in Vietnam, certainly, and uh, some countries are able to detect, and they do have detection of only a few cases, which also makes you wonder about what what else is going on in that country given the amount of travel between China and Southeast Asia. So it really makes you wonder, uh, in Cambodia, Vietnam, they've detected cases of how many more do they really have. And uh, are, do you think they're hiding it or just they're not detecting it? Uh, no, I don't think they're hiding it. I just think they may have limited resources in detecting. Of course, this is all on a spectrum. Some nations are, have far more infrastructure available and some have far less. So, you know, it's hard to tell about what, what goes on in each country. Uh, but certainly we've already taken the precaution here in Ontario to add those countries to our list that we use to screen when people enter our hospitals to test. Okay, uh, Dr. Joppa, so um, I know people who say canceled trips to Italy, um, you know, particularly one friend, she has family there, she goes there quite often, and, and she wasn't actually afraid of getting sick, but she was afraid of getting held up and put into quarantine just because she would be coming back from Italy. Exactly. And, and I mean, even in Italy, uh, you know, I mean, they've been shutting down hotels. If uh, somebody got sick in the hotel until they can test and know whether it's uh, the uh, COVID-19, uh, they can shut down the entire hotel and quarantine. And there's uh, a couple right now in Europe. Um, one is in Spain and um, anyways, uh, that, that are uh, under quarantine and, and the people are not allowed to leave. So that can happen as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really quite uh, scary. Let's take a call from Dolores in Mississauga. Hi, Dolores. Hi there. Go ahead. You're on the air. I was just wondering if my daughter and her family are already booked to go on a skiing holiday in BC, and I was just wondering if you have any figures for uh, <laughs> for it being uh, checked out there for how many people, if anybody, has been detected out there. Uh, it's seven in British Columbia. Seven in BC. Yeah, that's that's uh, not so bad, I would think, uh, Doctor Vaisman, Am I right? Yes, that's the current figure there. Um, but it all depends on when you travel and what you're doing when you're traveling. Uh, it's very hard to tell at this point. But you know what's going to happen down the line is a big question when uh, people are traveling in April, May, June. So that's something to check on before you leave. I'm going to take a call from Sharon and Barry. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. Go ahead. You're on the air. Okay. We've booked two back-to-back cruises uh, last May, crossing the Atlantic to Barcelona, getting off the ship there and getting on another ship with the same company and going to uh, France, Italy, Greek islands, and home from Venice. And we booked uh, travel insurance and cancellation, and they will not cancel the trip because of what's going on there right now. And I'm really, my husband and I are both very worried about going. Uh, Dr. Joppa, do you have anything to say about that? Well, um, taking the business perspective, um, people are, you know, having to pay their their staff and, and have these huge capital investments. And so they're saying, unless there is a do not travel advisory um, from a country or from the World Health Organization, they're not going to cancel. Um, and therefore, if you wish to cancel, well, that is your choice, but then the conditions apply. 
So unless you can sort of say, well, I'm sick and I can't travel just because you're afraid, uh, insurance companies will say, sorry. And, and that is really unfortunate because a lot of people are becoming afraid. No, I, like I'm a senior and I'm just very worried because uh, when we booked this, everything was fine and we we're really looking forward to it. And uh, But right now I'm not. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's really you know understandable, Thank you. Thank you very and, and, much and the, the cruise lines have already cancelled uh, just about everything in the uh, Asia region. All those cruises uh, have been sort of postponed, um, cancelled temporarily. But even there, um, some of the passengers are fighting uh, for reimbursements. You know, the the ship um, that that was sort of sent from port to port, nobody would let it land. That was a cruise out of hell, and Norwegian was refusing to reimburse them. Really? Uh-huh. Oh. Okay, that's the cruise line we're with. But you have yeah, to read your really your terms of, of reference carefully, and I guess uh, it's what you were talking about as we started Dr. Joppa. People always take the cheapest option when everything's fine, and then... Mm, uh, yeah, it, and even... Yeah, and even if they take one that is a is a bit more and, and insurance that's a bit more, uh, there are clauses for them to get out of the coverage. And as soon as something has been declared an epidemic, uh, the, the insurance covers itself and says, "Sorry, we don't cover epidemics." So, and most people just read that if they read the fine print and sort of say, "Well, that's not going to happen." I know. I'm in a catch-22 because we paid quite a bit of money. We'll be gone for a whole month, and we've, we're have we talking mega bucks here. So. Well, yeah. Sharon, we don't know what's going to happen between now and then. Okay. And I, I wish you the best of luck, but it is a conundrum, and, and I feel for you because I'm sure a lot of other people are in that position as well. And, you know, you look forward to something that's a fabulous trip that you look forward to, and then this, that's, that's really bad. Anyways, thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Um, So we're at the position where travel is really going to complicate. Dr. Vaisman, we had a caller ask about BC. Do you think that there's a, a real problem with Canadians traveling to BC? I know that there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, travel from Asia-Pacific into and out of BC? At this stage, I don't think there's any issue of Canadians traveling within Canada. There's no evidence that there's been transmission events within BC to be concerned about. But if you uh, go around in public there, you're not going to be at risk of transmitting the virus. In the event that that does happen, of course, things change. But at that point, there's going to be other plans in place to try to prevent the transmission of the virus. And still, there's a lot of common sense things you should do while you're traveling within Canada that you should be doing anyway during the flu season to protect yourself, such as hand washing, uh, uh, not going out when you're sick, letting people know if you're sick, minimizing contact with sick people, not going to work when you're sick, those sorts of things. Okay, and Dr. Joppa, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I would echo uh, those sentiments right now. Canada is pretty safe, but you also have to consider whether you have underlying conditions, health conditions, uh, such as diabetes or or, uh, things like that, that will weaken you because 
that seems to be the people who are most affected. The recovery rate is pretty good. I mean, something like 32,000 people have recovered from the uh, from COVID-19 already. We always hear about how many have been infected. Uh, not so much about the fact that quite a few are now out of quarantine and, and uh, are, are back to health. Uh, so it's, it's not all bad news. Um, and, and let's hope that... Um, uh, you know, we learned a lot with SARS, and and uh, Canada um, has good uh, a good healthcare system, and let's hope it'll protect us. Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Alon Vaisman and Dr. Marion Jop. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, people, remember, if we couldn't get to your call today or if you have something to add, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow. And in the meantime, that's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.